Peace and blessings. This is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop. Welcoming you to the next episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. We are the 30 for 30 for independent artists and independent music, meaning that we invest in the artists and not just their playlists. We introduce you to your future favorite artists by having them come on our platform and tell their stories because we believe everybody has a right to be heard and to be connected with when you hear their music. We are Heritage Hip Hop, meaning we celebrate hip hop culture from New Jersey to the entire world. Thank you for joining us this evening, and we ask that you subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com for more. That is the hub of Heritage Hip Hop. On HeritageHipHop.com, we have exclusive interviews, podcasts, merchandise, apparel, music, playlists, etc. And we would love for you to join us. Also, we are on all social media. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. So you don't miss anything. If you want Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a five-star review and subscribe and follow the podcast. We are also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even Clubhouse. So join us in the conversation. Today we go to Washington, D.C. to say peace to the gods and earths, the 5% nation of gods and earths. And we talked to an MC who not only changed his life, with the knowledge of the gods of earth but he also took his love for the community and does boxing and we talk a little boxing we talk a little music but we talk a lot of manhood and morality in this interview we would like to introduce you on heritage hip-hop to jopreme magnetic someone who not only put paid his dues in society he paid his dues to the culture by being not only a teacher but a person who stands and perseveres against the substances that are out here trying to take us out. Hatred, confusion, ignorance, and thus forth. So please, without further ado, let us introduce you to Jopreme Magnetic, and I'll be back with the rest of my commentary at the end of this interview. Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artists today. And being that we were dubbed the 30 for 30 for independent independent music artists, we bring you their story. We don't invest in playlists only. We invest in the stories of the people that not only makes the music that you love, but keep the culture alive that we live by. And today, I talk to somebody who's supreme. Not only supreme, indeed, or supreme in understanding, he's supreme by a God degree. And when you're a magnetic, you could track all types of polar opposites and like minds, but only the real will stick to you as you repel the false that comes at you. Please introduce yourself to the people. Peace. Job Prime Magnetic, Washington, D.C., Northwest Uptown. I'm a rhyme worker and a boxing coach for old school. I see, where was you when I needed you? Because training in boxing is something I love. And, mm. and that's what I need. I need somebody who could train me with and get my hands back right. What, what's going on, bro? <laughs> we got to come to the gym, brother. Hey, man. Hey, when I, next time I go to D.C., I'll come check you out personally, all right? Dope, dope. Looking forward to it. Check this out, though. Hip-hop is like boxing, though. Mm. Because hip-hop came from a place of self-defense, from tragedy, rather than a place of attacking and being wild without style. How did hip hop make itself known to you? And how did you accept hip hop into your life? How did hip hop make 
that's self-known to me. Uh, well, my first, I think this is my first vision of, of or first encounter with hip hop. It's about, I don't know, maybe whenever Anita Ward had ring my bell, I went with my parents, my, my old earth, my mom's and, and her brother, my uncle Andre went to a party and the DJ was just catching the break from ring my bell. And I was amazed because I never saw somebody work two turntables. So it was probably late 70s. I don't know when Anita Wall did, uh, did ring my bell. You um, and then as 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 I got, say, a year or two after that, it was mainly like banging on the table with the go-go beat, stuff like that, DC thing. In 84, that's when uh, Rockbox came out, Run DMC. I'm like, I want to do that. Cause I, I, I already was in love with with uh with rock music, you know, electric guitar stuff like that. Even though I never played, well, my first album was the Kiss Alive album, so it was a double album and it was a live album. So really, it had an impact on me. So when Run DMC came out and they was rhyming, and um, yeah, it kind of kind of took me took me to another place. Anita Ward is nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, so oh, man, I saw. Nah, I salute you because these are the type of stories people need to hear because nowadays hip-hop is right here. Mm. Nobody knows how you had to find hip-hop back in the day because it was like the inner city secret. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'll put up a picture today on my on social media of a, of a Memorex dub tape. And mm. I said, my era different than yours. <laughs> you wow. know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it's funny that you say that because you were there from when hip hop really just was catching wind in other places. You were there mm -hmm. with the with the sheep coats, gazelle shades, the tight jeans era. Talk about it, Shell mm -hmm. Stan Smiths. Talk about that era with me. Uh, so I'm 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 an odd dude because that era. I'm living in D.C. looking like a New York dude because I was in love with you know the culture, the culture being breakdancing, rapping, graffiti. That's what I mean by the culture. I don't know what, you know, what they call it now. I'm not speaking about five and nation culture per se, just hip hop culture. Um, I had a blue sheepskin. Um, I had, you know, the leaves with, with the with the stitch creases. You take them to the dry cleaner and they'd stitch the crease in. You know what I'm saying? So I came, I, I used to go to Philly and visit my folks and stuff like that and come back with the super fat laces, not just the fat laces, the super jumps. So yeah, I'm familiar with all that, all that gear right there. Lenonium, you know, Lenonium to do the break dancing on all that. So yeah. That's called the essence right there. That's what people call true school or the essence era of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my understanding of that era is pretty slim because I wasn't at my prime in those years. I was a young boy, right? Mm. But the flyest thing I remember was going out to the corners. You would see people with the cardboard or something, and they just catch a session right there in the corner. People would just get down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me ask you this in a non-negative oh. way, <laughs> but in a real hood way. Mm. The B-boy of yesterday was like the gang member in theory of today. That when somebody was a b-boy, they had a reputation that everybody wanted to test them because that was the hottest thing on the block. Just like with a gang, per se, not really, just, just catch me in this one. When somebody's in the gang today, there's a reputation that people want to know what you're about. It seems like when you had a name 
or you had a reputation, someone always wanted to see what you were about. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. How did how did you test your reputation in hip hop, or how did your hip hop get your reputation get tested in hip hop back then? Uh, in various ways, actually. Breakdancing, the handle I had was Kid Go. So if it was another Kid Go, we have to battle, you know what I'm saying? To see who could hold on to that name type of situation. Uh, let me see. DJing, DJ battles, so forth and so on. Just, you know, rhyme battles. Instead of like, as you speak about with the gang cultures, you know, you, you, have, you have to thump. You know what I'm saying? Which, no problem with that either. At the same time, I'm not a gang member. You know what I'm saying? In terms of hip hop, you just, you know, it was just a battle situation. Sort of like B Street. B Street came out the same year as Run DMC Drop Rock Box. Yeah, so, you know, I was uh, attracted to that. The B I don't Street, know if that answered to Yeah. No, no, it's cool. Because B Street and Wild Style at mm. that time got everybody wondering, oh, that's what they doing down there? And all of us in the hood was like, nah, y'all late. Y'all just catching it on movies. We've been doing this. My Beat bad. Street, that's all good. Beat Street and Wild Style were very East Coast while Breaking was West Coast. So when Breaking and Popping came here, it was a clash of styles. And that's for me, what I think a lot of people who were in my age bracket, who was like below 10 in the early 80s, Breaking is where we first saw the difference and when the clash of styles came to when people battled, people tried to do a little bit of everything and then the cream rose to the top. Do you agree with that? That's what happened? Um, I don't know. I don't know if, if I remember if the West Coast had an influence on the East Coast as it pertains to popping and stuff like that. Um, it could have been. I wasn't on the west side like that, you know what I'm saying? I know they have their own thing going on. On um, DC is pretty much East Coast, and so I'm closer to New York than California. Um, yeah, I, I did go to see Breaking, you know what I'm saying, and and Wild Style and seeing in the theater. Get um, yeah. You know, I asked you this question. I hope I'm taking mm -hmm. you back. I'm trying to show you how I appreciate your journey. I ask you this question because on the East Coast, the sound dictates the culture. But on the West Coast, the video dictated the culture. Mm. So on the East, we had Wild Style of Breaking because we lived it. But when you went home to be entertained, you had What's Happening. You had Soul Train. You had different type of dances and hip hop culture that came from different places visually. So up the ante and how hip hop or how you define yourself in hip hop. Cause you had the posers, mm. you had the false flaggers in gang culture. And more importantly, you had liars. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. And you knew a liar from not only his swag, but what he rhymed about, how he styled out and, and who he said he was versus who he was when he got tested. Am I correct? Mm. Mm -hmm. So you're correct. All right, well, shout out to DC because the Chocolate City is going to live in this in this in this uh, um, interview right here. And I want to ask you a different part of hip hop that people don't ask enough that I may need you to explain to me. Go Go Music was the answer to Chicago house music and step music, 
and Go Go Music had that one beat that everybody, you know, dun, 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 you know. So when mm-hmm. so when doing the butt came out, shout out to Spike Lee school days, you know, it was like DC finally got his props because it went national. But they put hip hop in it as well. What is the relationship between hip hop and go go? And did it influence you in any anyway? Mm. Um well, initially I heard I, I heard more go go than hip hop, say from Dayton right now, 80 to 84. In 84, I paid more attention to to hip hop. Um yeah, that's you you said something. I I I was th- you I was back in thought for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They all they all help me out, you know what I'm saying? I can't I can't say one over the other or anything like that, because it all influences what I do today, type of situation. You know what I'm saying? It's all the inspiration. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that at the moment. I want to give a shout out to Go Go Music because if you ever went to a DMV or DC party, Go Go Music gets the party going, and the one. DJ, I know is DJ Flex. He had a song, Get in the Water. And that was our mm-hmm. song in Jersey that we knew that was big go-go music. But I'm sure there were others and there's more. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a shout out to everybody from that culture. You know what I'm saying? Oh, pardon me. Um, I'm trying to think if Junkyard Band had signed with if Junkyard Band had signed with uh, Def Jam cause with the with their record Sardines and the word on the other side, prior to the butt, I think that's the butt is much at much many years later, EU. Yet um in terms of the mainstream, I think the Junkyard Band was the first to get a major record deal. And like the kid and play and whatnot used to come through. Um uh, even uh What's my man? Uh, Curtis Blow, you know, special de- special dedication to Curtis Blow. He had I'm chilling, and that was with Trouble Funk. So it was a mixture back in the early '80s, mid '80s, so forth and so on with hip hop and go go too. Before you know, before Kid and Play got it, got involved with it. So I was wanted to ask you because I was thinking, rolling with Kid and Play has a go go beat to it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, the funky go go rhythm. They said. If I'm quoting it correctly. Yeah, shout out to Heritage Hip Hop. Like I said, we do our history with the history. You know what I mean? Shout out to Go Go DC, keeping New York alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you this. See, when you're into hip hop, there's so many facets of it. Dancing, breaking, dress, how you talk, diction, language. It even turned into religion because hip hop, for those of y'all who know don't know the definition of religion, it's not godly or how you worship like Allah or Christ or something. It was religion because it was the um, testimony of your consistent life on a daily basis. Like when Nas said, my religion is reefer, it means he smoked reefer daily. It was consistent yeah. in his life. Hip hop became so consistent that it was the voice of the youth. And I believe in the New York area, I'm from Jersey, mm-hmm. so we're considered the New York metropolitan area, but we're not New York. Mm-hmm. When we think about the East Coast and hip-hop, 
we think about that area only and forget Boston. We forget Baltimore. We forget Virginia. We forget D.C. And some people are even argue that Florida is East Coast, not South. So mm. when you talk East Coast influence, if you stay in one region, you miss so much. What did D.C. hip hop do that maybe people don't understand because it helped birth your style and how you look at life? Hmm. Well, Wild Wild West from Kumo D. I used to like that jump. I still like that video. Um, the bands used to crank that. They, ne they never really messed with New Yorkers. You know, go, go in DC, especially at that time. Um, you know, street stuff and stuff like that. Yeah, they were still, if a song is popular in hip hop, they would still cover the song just with, you know, the go-go beat, for lack of better terms. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned, you said DMV, then you said DC. You know, said kind of backtracking. Yeah, I'm from DC. I'm not from the DMV. That's where I get my driver's license at. Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> Yeah, it's two different. Um, that's why I'm, I'm. That's why we get into that because when people mm. say the DMV and DC, those are two different areas, but they try to lump everything together, and we want to actually try to change that for this interview, of course, mm. because one misconception of DC is that all the drug dealers from New York ran to hide down there, where mm. DC had its own thing going on already. For those of y'all who don't understand, Washington, D.C. was heavily populated with melanated people after the 1960s March on Washington. And a lot of people mm -hmm. stayed. And even in the 70s, when that area was popping, George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic called it the Chocolate City. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And in the 70s is when Washington, D.C. and Newark, New Jersey, the Brick City and the Chocolate City got their identity on a national a national standpoint because not only of the melanated people, but of the racism, the lack of respect for the community, police violence, et cetera, and then the pain of hip-hop came. And when they went to those areas, and I'm not talking about just Brick City and D.C., I'm talking to all communities, but in, in D.C. especially, while everybody's talking about Fat Cat and Pappy Mason and things, DC had his own reputation and the allure of the capital city, as it was called to some people as well, was that mm -hmm. was that DC was a major player in all things music, style, and it even welcomed a lot of inner city growth as well. Those things that happened at that time influenced the young men and young women, and it influenced you. You actually made you pick up a pen at one time to be more than just a person who's living in the city. What did hip hop bring out of you that you did not know was inside of yourself until you did it? Hmm. Good question. Um, what, did, what did hip hop bring out of me that I did not know until I did it? Uh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. I, I was initially, I'm thinking performing. Um, it brought the performer out of me because as an introvert, 
you know, standing in front of people in order to to rock the crowd, for lack of better terms, I had to get out there and do it. So like the first time was probably like a talent show in high school, something to that extent. I'm beatboxing with, with my crew, our BP crew at that time. And, um, you know, Garvin and O'Brien at the time, they rhyming. Ugo was there too. He wasn't there at this particular show. So I'm beatboxing. I'm standing in one place. I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know how to um, move, move around on the stage. Yay. And now, yeah, pardon me. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in the gym right now too. So brothers is working out, you know, the brothers working out doing their thing. Uh, yeah. That's cool. So, oh, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, it's kind of wrapped up with, with the babies. I'll see if um one of one of the nine year olds I'm working with got a fight on on Saturday. So that's kind of off topic, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's that's what I do, music and boxing. We're going we're going to step bit back into that boxing thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kareva Heritage Hip Hop speaking to Job Pre Magnetic. And we got some of the background of his DC life and his influences, but now we're going to talk about the MC marksmanship he displays and part of the music. You have an extensive catalog which means you've been rhyming for a while. What made you sit down and write your rhymes rather than just live and express yourself in rhymes? Uh, the first rhyme I actually encountered, somebody actually wrote it for me. I was 10 years old and I started writing. Uh, let me see, my first rhyme I wrote was probably, I was probably 15. I got on the turntables at 14, 15, I started rhyming. No, I'm wrong. 14, I started beatboxing. 15, I started DJing. And, and 16, I started writing rhymes. So, you know, it's, it's, it sounds corny. It's, a, it's just a form of expression, form of expression. I love the rhythm, um, something I'm into. Grew up listening to music. You know, um, my folks I was staying with, they playing certain things, soul music, um, R&B. Like I said, I... My first adult record was was a rock record, so all that all that coincide and um, helped put this thing together. Yeah, you know the 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 extensive the extensive I don't know if extensiveness is a word. <laughs> yeah, the the catalog per se. Say um, this is this is my solo stuff. Like I've been a part, a part of groups, IPB crew, the actual facts, the seers. And so, you know, the job pre-magnetic, that's my, that's my solo work. Spectacular RGM and all that. Special dedication to John Baines. I actually went through a lot of your discography. And a lot of the things that you made were up here. And the average hip hop mind is down here. So a very learned man can be taught by your lyrics and a very foolish man can be destroyed by your lyrics because his mind is not capable. When you first started rhyming, were you rhyming with that understanding or were you rhyming from the typical MC, I got to make my mark type rhyme? Uh, I'll... I would say neither, actually. Um, like I said, the first rhyme I wrote, 
it was hard for me to even remember it. And it was just because the people around me, you know, something I wanted to do myself and the people around me was involved in hip hop. Yet nowadays it's, you know, I've been, uh, I don't want to say like chastised or, or it, it was brought to my attention that when you talk about the, the levels, some people don't want to do a whole bunch of thinking. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. You know, music is subjective. So if it's not for you, it's not for you. I'm only concerned with the people it is for. And that's what I do it for. That's smart and elevated because you cannot please everybody. You please the people who have a, the, the same type of palate that you have to digest your wisdom, your art, and your craft. That's like boxing. Everybody doesn't like every fighter. Some people don't like Floyd. Well, Floyd is one of the best boxers that ever boxed through his style. He may not be a knockout artist, but his style is very determined. Then you have a fighter like Mike Tyson, who was not a boxer. He was a puncher. You had Joe Lewis, who wasn't a puncher. He was a brawler. So even in hip hop, you got people who are lyricists. You got people who are straightforward. You got people who do story rhymes. You got people who just rhyme. And then you pick your palate. I was listening to Patagonia Prime, right? Mm. And that's when I hear the style in you come out because it's very focus-driven rhymes, but it seems like you're trying to punch the point. You're trying to hit the point. So when people hear the music, they know that you're saying something rather than just rapping to them. Mm. What is the most important point you want to make when you make a song? Uh, when I make a song, I know, I know I want to, you know, we use repetitive words. Yeah, I, I strive to uh, do something I haven't did before. I rhyme so much. I've been rhyming a long time and using words so far with someone for a very long time. So, um, yeah, so, you know, once again, like, it's just a matter of brain function. For me, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to do besides music and boxing. You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of brain function to me. I'm a creative and meaning that my temperamental patterns that have openness to experience. So I'm more on the creative side, you know what I'm saying? Of, of that aspect, um, the artistry side. So it was something I was birthed into. It wasn't something that I, I actually chose. It's kind of like came, it came with my, my form. You know what I'm saying? It's part of my DNA. Killers in the Coffee House is a very important project out of your discography. Uh, because if anybody knows about there's a there's a there's a historic meaning to Killers in the Coffee House. Uh, like that's where they meet up and have a cup of coffee and detail their plan for whatever it is going to happen, right? That's also where they celebrate their hits as well so the coffee house to a killer can be a beginning or a means to an end what did it mean for you when you made that project hmm. i want to tell a good story 
you know, in terms of in terms of the project, in terms of the EPs we do, a lot of the stuff is um conceptual based, theme based. Uh, Killers in the Coffee House. I like what you said in terms of the killers getting there. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't want I don't want to say relaxing. Yet, you know, enjoying a cup of coffee with with like minded people. And um, if you look at the album cover, it's it's a it's a few names on there too. You know what I'm saying? The cover was bumped, bumped off, so it is what it is. All right. I yeah. like that. Shout out uh, to you. Especially thank you. <laughs> Likewise. And and Killers in the Coffee, I also want to shout out Taquan, Digital Kwan, and Parkis too. They they help they help bless um the mic on that joint too. See, here's the thing though. You represent an era of hip hop that's lost and people are still holding on to. And that's supreme wisdom in the rhymes. You are a part of the nation of gods and earths. And I did a show on Heritage Hip Hop last year, maybe two years ago, called um, The Mike Council, which is my, I, I love The Mike Council. What it is, is um, me talking to people in the hip hop culture about things that affect our culture, not just interviewing artists. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and my question was basically to, to paraphrase it, did hip hop fall off because the nation of gods and earths aren't promoted in hip hop anymore? And I talked to a, uh-oh, I sparked something. What, what you thinking? Talk mm. to me, talk to me. What, what that meant to you? Uh, I was just interested that you would say that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just know that I'm a five percenter and this is what, this is how I carry it. You know what I'm saying? I can't speak for anybody else. I'm not gonna speak for hip hop in 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 uh in the generalized sense at this particular time. I only can speak for 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 job premium magnetic at this particular time. You know, I'm I'm I've been a five percenter for years, months, and days. I've been rhyming for years, months, and days as well. So I don't um yeah, I can't I can't speak on the gods or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I respect that. But I think that when the gods were pushed out of the mainstream, mm. that's when a lot of things in hip-hop started to go a little haywire. And I'm mm. not saying that they ran it and hip-hop was holier than thou. I'm not saying that. It was the lack of intelligent balance that was taken out of the game. Because if you look at the five percenters that rhyme today, you don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. We know you because we're interviewing you. We know Wise Intelligent. We know Jam- Lord Jamar, Brand Nubian. We know Planet Asia, West Coast 5% Salute. We know, um, like I said, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim. We know that the, um, Jay-Z has dabbled in the 5%. We know um, mm-hmm. Jay Electronica. Shabazz. That's New Jersey. Salute. That's the OG. But you see how I could rattle off names? Mm-hmm. It seems that after 98, that's when the push for God degree rhymers after Wu-Tang fell. Because Wu-Tang was the last 5% movement we really had in hip hop. And Planet Asia was holding it down for the West Coast. Maybe a lot of Dark Man too. I don't know if he's from the West. 
I'm not sure, and I don't want to misquote. But the 5% nation, and I still have my book. I have my book. I read, you know what I'm saying? You know, we do the knowledge, wisdom, understanding, you know, we do all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not claiming, but I read it because that is hip hop culture. And if you want to love our culture, you have to know the people who gave the culture its, its, its wills. Without the 5%, hip hop would have died. You know what I'm saying? In, in a lot of instances, it would have kept a lot of people, like I said, deaf, dumb, and blind, as the word says. <laughs> How did the being a five percenter make you a sharper MC rather than someone who's just nice with the pen and who can rhyme? Knowledge. Before, you know, I didn't have the knowledge, so you know, you try to say witty things, so focus on not not saying um, I might not not saying that I won't structure a, a, a lyric. In that in that fashion, just with that with with knowledge being the foundation to everything in existence, uh, it just gave me a, a, something stronger to stand on. You know, what I'm saying as a person, and so that that's uh, it comes out in the in the in the in the, uh, in the lyric lyric writing too, and the rhyme writing too. You know what? I don't condemn today's hip hop at all. I really don't. Some people may like it. Some people may not like it. There's a lot of stuff I don't like, but there's some stuff that I do like. But I always find myself, and this is me myself, I always find myself going back to the gods. I always find mm. myself going back to lyricists. I always find myself going back to storytellers because that's the foundation of our culture. Forget 1980s and 1970s hip hop. Our mm. culture which I think I think hip hop started in the Bible. Personally, I think the first lyric ever wrote, ever said in hip hop was "Let there be light," because if we are the light of the world, let there be light has to be deeper than just the sunlight. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And in our culture, we had griots, and the griots told the stories. They were the lyricists. They were the storytellers. Mm-hmm. We have poets. Shout out to Zora Neale Hurston and Langston Hughes. They were the people who told the inner city pain. And hip hop is not only a scripture or a book or a poem or a griot's wise tale. It is the history of our people with past, present and future lived entertaining and throughout how we live our lives and see who we are musically, dress wise, stylistic wise, dance, etc. I wanna thank you for picking up your pen and your pad and also rhyming because if it wasn't for your story, imagine how many people would not be saved from what you do. How do you feel about that impact that you have when you run? Mm, I don't, I'm, I'm humble. And um, I don't feel like I, at this particular moment that I caused the impact that I would like as it pertains to, yeah, as a, that's just how I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. I feel that, I think that I have a lot more work to do. And, you know, you know, platforms such as heritage hip hop gives me an opportunity to to spread the word. It gives me opportunity. So a lot of times people don't even know I rhyme. You know, and so um somebody might share the video, put them on, something like that. And then they would like, you know, uh, you, you're always quiet. So, you know, it is what it is. I beg to differ, sir. You remind me of a boxer. Mm. Can I tell you his name? Mm. You a boxing head, right? 
That's my second favorite sport of all time. So we're going to talk some boxing right now, all right? Mm-hmm. Who's Mike McCallum? The body snatcher. That's your ROM style, sir. <laughs> because Dig to the body. One thing about a body shot, it ain't the first time that it makes you think. But when it hits you, it reverberates and it shakes you to your core and you walk with it. You got to bring your guard down when you have a good body shot because you got to protect that, that inner muscle that's getting tore up. The most supreme muscle a man has besides his heart is his mind. And the thing that exercises the heart and the mind is the spirit. That's why you got to study to show yourself approved because you strengthen your spirit with your lessons, correct? So as a rhymer and a person who's putting those rhymes together, you do have that impact it is not how many ears that hear you. It's the effect that you have on the ears that do hear. That's why it says those. That speaks, man. That's why it says, "Unblessed are those who who, who hear. Let them hear." Because mm-hmm. remember, if hip hop was territorial, beside before the internet, your territory was manned by the gods or the oracles or the OGs or the elders or the griots that had control of that area by the people that they touched. How many people do you talk to that you touch? Think about it. Hmm. Enough. So then you are making that impact. Shout out to you, bro. Uh, thank, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So tell me about this illustrious hip hop career because I'm not going to let you off the hook, man. You got songs with Farrell Monch in them, right? No, I opened up for Pharaoh Monch. You opened for Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh say when he heard the skills? The skills? Um, he didn't say anything. At the time, he did not say anything. That was, uh, I got put on to do a show at uh, Howard University. Pharaoh Monch was there and uh, boot camp click, if I'm not mistaken. So... Yeah, in well, terms of doing that. songs, yeah, I mean, you know, in due time, maybe this this what I'm saying in terms of um those type of peers, I haven't got the attention of at this particular moment, and I'm not I'm not rushing like or doing I'm not going to act other than myself in order to get their attention. You know, um, the thing with me is, uh, and I take this quote from from Seth Golden, the smallest viable audience. So that's my concern. We have we have featured uh, in recent years Doodle Bug or C Knowledge from the Diggable Planets on Lord Lyell. And uh, you know, Dan Zini from MOP and uh, my little bro Parkis always holding it down and stuff like that. So we kind of selective, you know, at and um it's still growing, it's still building. So it's all good. I can hold I can hold the mic down, you know, for Dolo. Yeah, I like I like to do collaborations as well. Could, hey, uh, uh. No, no, I was gonna say I told Billy Danzy he's the most quoted MC in hip hop. Hmm. There's no one, I don't care if you get a rhyme or you get a jewel, Billy Danzy sprinkled in there somewhere. Hmm. I don't care what anybody says. MOP and Wu-Tang are the only groups. If you think about think about this, MOP and hip hop, MOP and Wu-Tang are the only groups that could take their lines and make whole songs out of their own lines. Mm-hmm. Think about this. 
Show them niggas what you into. Use your potential. That was my kind of nigga with Heather B. And they turned that mm-hmm. into some type of a song. You see what I'm saying? And when you did, when I was listening to your um your, your discography, and I even saw some of the videos, I was like, Billy Dance. Like, all right, let me see how this sounds. Because this, this, this is a little different. Because when you think about it, a wise man, no matter what he calls himself, is a wise man no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. So whether you God, whether you are OG, whether you're an elder, like I said, Oracle Griot, whatever you want to call yourself, when you're wise, your wisdom shows and how not only what you say, but how you say it. What's the most important lyric or lesson somebody said to you that made you the man you are today? Mm. Most important lyric or lesson. Um, well, lesson-wise, well, I'm, I'm, you know, specifically speaking about 120 lessons at this moment. Who is that mystery God? That's that's yeah. now in terms of the lyric. It's a, it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of. I can't think of one one lyric specifically. I can think of MCs. You know what I'm saying? G Rap, Guru. Cool Keith and the Ultra Magnetic MC days, you know what I'm saying? Um, and specifically speaking about Critical Beatdown, that project blew my mind. Um, and I had to throw the BG in there. People say, uh, that's my Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying? Like the BG, I put, I throw the BG in those four. G-Rap, Cool Keith, Guru, and the BG. So it's not really a, a lyric that like, spark my intelligence or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Not one lyric per se. Just so. Yeah. I respect that. Shout out to you for your for your for your list. I got a couple more questions and then we're going to we're going to fade out. Mm. You have an instrumental project out right now, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's mainly it's mainly a Bane's a Bane's out. It's um these are beats that I chose from him that I romped on over the years. And so we're just doing a series of projects in terms of, um, you know, getting getting his uh, his production out there, so. But the thing I've read up on about you, which is very crazy, is that when you pick your beats, you pick sounds from the live performance to rhyme over, not just instrumental? Oh, well, the live situation, uh, we started we started utilizing that tactic for our December 19th project, the Job Pre-Magnetic EP. And you know, we're the first to do that. We're the first to do that in terms of rhyming off live sample parts. You know, Baines might chop drums so focus on the drums might not be live, they might, they might be. Yet in terms of the, the music that I actually rhyme over. It's live, and this is only for, or significantly, significantly for our December EPs and our July EPs. So this particular, we have an EP coming out actually next month, uh, on the fifteenth, April fifteenth. So we want to do something. We went in the studio trying to gather, gather uh, some some work and whatnot for July. I listened to the demo like Slim. We got to put this out. I'll write something else for July. So yeah, we the, we the first one to rhyme off the lives. 
and on this consistent basis. Somebody might have touched them before, but they don't do it like us. So in 150 or 130, 140 years of, of uh, recorded music, we're the first one to do that. And 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 we, as you spoke about earlier, pertaining to the battles and stuff like that, I'll battle anybody as it pertains to that. Anybody. Let's go. <laughs> I want to ask you this, though, because the era of hip-hop is different because remember how you said you went to the party and was a DJ with two, the turntables and he was catching the break? Mm-hmm. Hip-hop went from catching breaks to loops and samples to drum patterns, and you bring the live sample out. That's a whole different technique because the line sam- live samples echo more because it's in space. How do you catch the sound so it meets your approval? Um... I would hear something, as you know, we used to say our inner ear. The inner ear hears something. And um, you spoke biblically earlier, you know, for those who have ears, let them hear, so forth and so on. So I had um I just I just I just something to catch my ear. I would send it to Baines and he'll chop it up. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So as I, as I mentioned, the first the first adult album that I had was a live album. Kiss Alive, double album. So that kind of like give you some history of, of where the lives come from too. And a lot of times from the older work on Bandcamp, uh, I would say like the first 30 projects on Bandcamp are very experimental. Then you know, I had to double double down and get back into the hip hop. So I just want to do something that that will leave a mark that nobody else had 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 did before. So that's where the lives come in at. So everybody out there, if you're looking for a different sound to your hip hop, that is, that is God degree, very thoughtful, but the beats are like nuts and they make you bend your ear a little bit. Check out Job Premium Magnetic. Give them your social media and let them know where they can find your music and get a taste of your sound. Mm-hmm. Well, we all on on all streaming platforms. United Masters, you can find me on Bandcamp. Job Premium Magnetic. The social media is, is, is Job Prime Magnetic, Twitter, uh, Instagram, probably Job Prime underscore Magnetic on Instagram. It's all Job Prime Magnetic, though. You can Google search it. It'll pop up. Something will pop up. J-A-P-R-E-M-E, Job Prime Magnetic. And there it is, everybody. So we hope you like this interview because we put it out there. How, how'd you like it? Yeah. yeah, it's very thoughtful. I appreciate that. And with, that, and with that being said, now it's time for the rapid fire questions. You ready to play this game with me? Yeah, I got you. The rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions designed to show your depth of humanity, your depth of knowledge of yourself and of the art and craft of hip hop that you dedicate your life to. But for you, I have some other questions because we're going into some boxing. Because mm-hmm. that's my man. Mm-hmm. I love boxing. You ready to go? On it. I am. All right. First question. What song or album from another artist perfectly reflects yourself? Mm. Perfectly reflects myself. Mm. Album-wise, maybe not the title, maybe the original title, yet I, I would say Black Sabbath. 
uh, Paranoid. Black Sabbath's second album. Play that, and that's John Travolta's fault. Okay, there you go. That's a lot of noise. It is. That's noise. So that means in your mind, you have a lot going on on a daily basis, huh? Yeah, I do. Check that you know out, man. I, I, I respect it. I, I, respect. I, I, I respect that. All right. What's the difference between the art and the craft? Difference between the art and the craft. Uh, mm. Good question. In my head right now, craft is uh, something constructed with with the hands. Not saying the art is not, but you can be an artist in a lot of in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, music artists. Some people, as you you spoke about Floyd earlier. You know what I'm saying? What he did was art. And I, f I feel that he was a knockout artist at 130. 130, 135, he was a knockout artist. He was knocking dude. Diego Corrales, you know, uh, yeah, I'm about to get over. <laughs> so, Talk about I it. Of, I haven't thought about it because it's arts and crafts. You know what I'm saying? Generally, when people speak about those, those terms together, so. It's something I have to go back and look at too. I'm gonna I'm do the research. You know what I'm saying? What is the difference between or the distance between the art and the craft? So that's interesting. Yeah, see, we out here building, y'all. That's why you need Honest. to be on, that's why you need to be on heritagehiphop.com where you get not only the greatest interviews, but you yeah. get blogs, interviews, podcasts, you get merch, and you get to meet some of the best art. Look, 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 one of some of your future favorite artists right here talking. You know what I'm saying? You get the you get the pick. Where we going? Music or sports? Let's do the boxing. All right. What style does your hip hop represent in boxing? Meaning, what boxer would be your style personified? Mm. Nowadays, probably should call Stevenson. Shout out to Brick City, North New Jersey, stand up. And I think Rigandow too. But some people don't like Rigandow style. But you know, and when any when his prime, he was very hard to beat. Two two Olympic gold medals, so forth and so on. Very hard to beat, defensively sound. You know what I'm saying? So you have to really think in order in order. Yeah. His style is about thinking. There were four boxers, I think, who are very underappreciated. I want to ask you about. Hmm. Tell me about Pernell Whitaker. Defensive genius. Tell me about Meldrick Taylor. Fast hands. Terry Norris. Carl Puncher. Iran Barkley. Take a lot of punishment to give some. That's hip hop. Because those are the different styles. And I asked you those about those boxes in particular and not any real defined heavyweights because that's too easy. See, heavyweights all about the punch because they're the big guys. But the middleweights, the welterweights, um, even some of the flyweights, they are the people who in boxing terms have to be style, stylish to deliver, you feel mm -hmm. me? Mm -hmm. What is the most aggressive style 
Oh, no, sorry. What is the most efficient style in hip-hop that you think could translate into boxing? Most efficient style in hip-hop to translate into boxing. Hmm. Most efficient. Yeah, maybe I'm biased. I just, you know, I just, I just feel it's the lyricism. You know what I'm saying? Because boxing is a thinking man sport. And so lyricists, nine times, generally speaking, they have to think about what they're saying. It's not mumble rap. It's not knickknack. Well, no disrespect to Eric Sermon. It's not knickknack patty whack. You know what I'm saying? All right, y'all. You have to put your, you have to put your words together like you have to put your punches together. I heard, I think it was either Muhammad Ali was being talked about or Jack Johnson. And they said, when you watch him fight, you're watching a story in the ring because he's not fighting to survive. He's fighting to put you in your place. And when you can dictate a fight, you're dictating the translation of the understanding of a fight as well. Do you agree? I agree. In today's world, a lot of people are not looking for the answer. They're looking to be dictated to and let other people run their lives. What do you think is the one lesson people may need today in hip hop that would keep them aware and not being dictated to and have people run their lives for them? Job Prime Magnetic. Here you go. Brand, y'all. I love it. I love it. Bring yourself. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. We got about four more questions to go. Then we're going to fade the black on this great interview. Um, I asked you about, I don't like to talk about hot topics. People talk about, talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock, right? Which was very interesting because I don't want to go on top of this topic for you. I'm going to just touch on it and move on. Mm -hmm. This man got smacked. And if you look at the video very closely, the, the Chris Rock balled up his right fist. And he wanted to defend himself. Before, before or after the smack? After the smack. He balled up his okay. right fist and said, whoa. Like, like he caught himself. Boxing has always been about protection. And boxing is always about knowing how to roll with the punches. That means you have to absorb a hit to know how you can take a hit. And life hits us in many different ways, be it a girl you may be attracted to who can be a damn demon in mm -hmm. a bad way, or a job that you take that you think is gonna pay you more money, and it does, but you don't like the job. Mm -hmm. Or having a family and you need to feed them, and the only thing you can do is a crime because you're not getting the opportunities that you, are, you should be afforded in life. Relative what is, poverty. What is one of the hardest lessons that you had to roll with the punches on that brought you out of a bad situation into the light? 14 years. 14 years. 14 years off the street would do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You got to think, oh, I know I have to think differently. You know, 
like you know just can't walk you know uh even though i do it in a, in a righteous manner i'm not gonna let anybody carry me or anything like that you know what i'm saying but um when i was young i was you know looking to punish do, do more damage you know what i'm saying and now it's mainly um it's, it's self it's a self-protection situation yet um Maybe that's going off topic for the question you asked. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what did it for me. You know what I'm saying? All right, it sounds corny. You get a second shot, there's another opportunity. And um, so I knew it was no groups. I had to go solo. I tried three groups and then I, you know, I still I still didn't then uh G off, if you will. I respect maybe that. I'm maybe I'm going off topic. No, because uh, it was a lesson learned in one game. Yeah. Let's go to the last three questions of this interview and go off on a nice positive note. Boxing is actually resurging when it comes to the inner city. Mm -hmm. Just like the 5% was the resurgence of the mind in the inner city. Because it was nothing like being outside and somebody just saying, I'm God. They put the fez on with the seven, the crescent and the star. And they was just walking through crowds like, yo, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. Today in boxing, people see the young men taking control of their destiny by showing the world we can be more than just people who fight on the corner. We can actually do something and give back. Two questions for you. What did the 5% Nation of Gaza Urge give you that you give back to the community? And what did hip hop give you that you give back to the community as well? Mm. Well, the 5%, for lack of better terms, they, they, gave, they gave me everything, for lack of better terms, in terms of that type of awareness. You know, no disrespect. I understand that we are, all we are is living DNA of centuries and centuries and centuries of dead people. We're products of that. You know, it's no, it's really no escaping it. Um, so, you know, the 5% helped me out to know who the original man is. And hip hop spoke to me about being original. You know, not biting. Come up with your own situation. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, all those things coincide with the originality, original man and, and original original artwork, for lack of better terms. You know what I'm saying? Just building. As a person who's been there and has done that, what is the what is the first brick we must put in the foundation of these new artists and these new people coming up that will keep hip hop and keep the culture alive? In your opinion. Um, well, I won't say, an, I won't, I won't classify it as an opinion. We have a, we have a saying about a pen, opinion is a pen in. We use the truth, the magnetic, to pull the pen out the minds of the people. So, you know, it's just back to originality. You know what I'm saying? You have to learn to be original. And the thing is, there's a lot of copycat, well, I'll say, it's a lot of bammers who be copycatting out here. So you have to be strong 
a strong-minded person to be original. You know what I'm saying? So, you know the crowd is going over there. It used to be led in the wrong direction, hard to be led in the right direction. So it's not easy doing music anyway, because music is something that can be shared for free. And it's, it's very hard to monetize, but we find our way. Okay. Last two questions, and I thank you for this interview. I've already kind of asked you if you like it, but you've been on my platform now. How would you define heritage hip-hop when you tell it to somebody else? Mm. Well, I think the interview is, is very clear. It gives... It gave me opportunity to to think about things, you know what I'm saying? Um, so even after we get off of this interview, like I said, I, I want to I, I still want to do the research between art and the craft, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that. It gives me opportunity to go back and do some research, some homework, you know what I'm saying? I know you are you're well learned. Um, so yeah. Salute to you. So everybody out there that's watching, make sure you follow Heritage Hip Hop on more social media. We're available on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and the buffet table is set. So pick your choice because whatever flavor you like, we have it, all right? And we like to thank Japreen Magnetic for coming on Heritage Hip Hop tonight. Make sure you go to Bandcamp and buy his music. We don't believe we don't believe in streaming on Heritage Hip Hop. We believe that you stream to see if you like the music, but if you like it or love it, make sure that you buy it because we do not believe in renting your music because if the internet ever went down, especially in this world where gas is going up, food is disappearing, and energy is becoming scarce, if there's a song that you really like, and you, and you want to listen to it, you have to buy it to keep it. Because if you don't buy it and you're renting it, as soon as the power's going, your song is gone. You agree? Mm. Yeah, put some money I in your pocket. 42 projects? Come on, let's stop playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 40, 43rd next month. Let's go. So with that being said, we've come to the last question of this interview. It was a pleasure. But I do have to tell you something. We have an open door policy. So if you ever want to come back to Heritage Hip Hop, you don't have to be Billboard's Top 100. All you got to do is let us know. Hit us up. And we'll put that put that, um, put that that in order and make sure we have something to talk about, of course. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the last question I want to ask you is 500 years from now, when they go to the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, uh, that's in D.C., right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about it. The uh, History yeah. Hall of Fame is a blessing. Whatever. Whatever one is that's near you. But mm. they go to the Hall of Fame 500 years from now, and then Jopri Magnetic it has a uh, has a part in that uh, building. And people ask, "Who's Jopri Magnetic?" And they push the red button, and your hologram pops up the wall, out the wall. They play your music and they read your bio, and your music and your digital footprint is shared with people 500 years from now. The most important question of the first interview is this one: What is the legacy that you left behind that made the world better because you were hip hop and you did hip hop? Hmm. First thing that comes to my mind is righteousness, man. First thing that comes to my mind is righteousness. That's that's the legacy I'm striving to leave behind. Spectacular RGM is yeah, righteous gunmen, righteous gentlemen, real God music. So I'm about that righteousness. I'm about that righteous life, not that holy life. I'm about that righteous life. So it's the streets. It's streets involved. It's thoroughness involved in righteousness. 
500 years from now, then John Pre-Magnetic, when I find out about him, of Slam was righteous and everything that he that he tried to put out to the people. It is written that scarcely would somebody die for a good man. Maybe somebody would die for a decent man. Eh, but a righteous man, many are called to represent. And though many may not die for him, his name lives on. For the Bible says that a good name lasts longer than a perfume or a good smell. And if you want to live long, the legacy that you leave behind has to be bathed not only a God degree, it has to be bathed their knowledge itself. And when they talk mystery God, they're talking about putting your faith in something that you don't see, but even the Bible tells you that God and the kingdom is within here. So if you have here, the inside clear, and you know who you are, not only can you live your life a good way, you could be a tree that gives good fruit, because a tree is only known by its fruit. And the fruit of Japrian Magnetic Music is not in the cursing, it's not in the not only in the wordplay or how he picks his music, it's in the everlasting feeling that you get when you learn from the lyric itself. So once again, we like to thank him for coming on Heritage Hip Hop, and more importantly, we like to thank you for joining us. And then at the end of the day, let righteousness be known because when it is, you can't deny it because the truth will live whether you believe it or not. And the truth is righteousness that lives on forever and ever. Amen. With that being said, this is Career the Heritage Hip Hop with Ja Preen Magnetic. Go get that music. We say peace and we out. Peace. I would like to once again thank you for listening to the Heritage Hip Hop podcast in whatever setting that you're listening to, morning, evening, noon, night, etc. Because not only are you allowing us to bring you the stories of great individuals who are making changes in the community, we're celebrating artists that are looking to change the world with their music. Job Premium Magnetic is one of those people who give back to the community artistically and socially. So one love to him, his gym, teaching kids boxing, and also continuing to work on his spiritual health like we all are every day doing the right thing for other people besides ourselves salute to you bro once again thank you for listening to heritage hip-hop podcast we ask that you subscribe to heritagehiphop.com the hub of everything heritage hip-hop for exclusive interviews podcasts blogs playlists music apparel merch and more we also expanded heritage hip hop so make sure you stay tuned for the return of truth behind beats and truth behind bars as well beyond beyond that we want to say a thank you a special special thank you to you the listener who participates in listening to these interviews sharing them and making sure people know about heritage hip hop so from new jersey to every domestic territory and international entity that has celebrated listens to and and, and and grows with heritage hip-hop this is karev humbly saying thank you and we could not do it without the most high and without you so if you're looking for more stories of your future favorite artists and industry vets as well be sure to subscribe to heritagehiphop.com follow heritage hip-hop on all d- all digital streaming platforms and on all social media we set the buffet table and we're here to serve you anywhere you see fit and choose so heritage chip hop is everywhere you are and we ask that you please join us and enjoy the conversation and have a good time learning with us thank you to the most high thank you to everyone who supports look forward to the heritage chip hop awards coming very soon summertime is coming up so we'll be outside with that camera make sure you are watching youtube to see where we at where we're going and who we're bringing to the consciousness of you the person who loves hip-hop culture and hip-hop music 
This is Karev signing off one more time saying, may the most high bless you. Stay safe out here. And most importantly, leave a foundation that inspires others just as we were inspired by those who came before us. And with that being said, I say peace and we out.